Girlfriends, episode number 249, Building Your Domestic Church with Nancy Banzuch. Hey, girlfriends, welcome. How are you? I hope you are enjoying a good Thanksgiving week. I was going to record a podcast about gratitude, but then when I went through and was looking at my notes from previous shows, I've covered gratitude a lot, and that's not because, so I'm not going to skip it because it's not important, um, for sure. One of the things I most want to say inside of this show is that this year at Thanksgiving, I am grateful for you. Thank you for showing up here. Thank you for all the ways you encourage and support what I do here at Girlfriends. You're the reason I do this. You're the reason I'm here, and I am grateful for your presence here. But this week, I'm going to be sharing a conversation that I recently had with Nancy Banzuch, who is working on a domestic church project that you're going to want to know more about. But speaking of domestic church, before I share my conversation with Nancy, I want to make sure that you are aware of the amazing resources that are available for kids from Ascension Press. So I'm always telling you to go over to ascensionpress.com for the girlfriend show notes. Well, now they've got some great kids projects that you're going to want to be checking out. The first one is an interactive mass book, which is like a board book. And this is exactly the thing that you need. It's if you've got a kid who's antsy at church, I hear from moms all the time who are like, should I have a mass kit? What should I give him to do? Are toys a bad idea in the pew during mass and all of this? But this is a great book because it's an interactive book and it's a board book. So it's really meant for even very small kids to be able to turn the wheels and lift the flaps. And meanwhile, learn about what the mass is and what the church is. It's written by a Catholic mom, so fully getting it, right? It's also available in Spanish. It has 21 pages. It's a board book. Um, Ascension says it's for ages three and up, but even some of my um, much older kids enjoyed kind of going through and looking at and interacting with the pages. So I got to share with you that this is a great Christmas gift. If you are a godparent, I'm always looking for faith-based kind of fun things that I can give to my godchildren at Christmas time for their birthdays. But especially this time of year, you might be looking for a godchild gift. And this is a beautiful idea, this interactive mass book. But there's a lot more at Ascension Kids. They've got the Great Adventure Kids Bible Stories, and they've got a Bible, um, a picture Bible Stories book. And uh, an activities book for the Great Adventure Kids series. You might be familiar with the Great Adventure Bible series with Jeff Cavins. That's very popular at Ascension. Well, this is the kids version of it. And um, you're going to want to check it out because it's for very young kids, but then also some older kids stuff as well. They've got a preschoolers edition of the activities book and also a school kids edition of an activities book. So a little bit more challenging puzzles and kind of games and like find and count and learning Bible verses, all really fun ways to engage your kids with scripture in a meaningful way. So I am super excited that Ascension is making these kids projects because it's so needed. I hear from moms all the time who are looking for these kinds of resources and like everything they do at Ascension, these are beautiful. They're high quality and you know they are solidly built upon the foundations of our faith. So check it out. You can go to ascensionpress.com and uh, click to learn more about their kids' projects. That interactive math book is there as well as the Bible activities books and the whole Great Adventure Kids series. So 
Check it out for Christmas time. Great ideas for gifts. I'm glad they came out in time for that. All right, so I want to share my conversation with Nancy. Nancy is a podcaster. I'm going to let her share a little bit about that in our conversation. But even more importantly than that, this exciting new project that she and her husband are working on all about building domestic churches and helping families do exactly that. Take a listen. Hey everyone, I am excited to have a special guest here joining us. Nancy Banzook is a, what would you call yourself? <laughs> An entrepreneur, a uh, ministry leader, a what? A publisher. Whatever. A mom. Yeah. A mom. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me read your official bio and then we'll dive into all okay. that you do. So Nancy Banzook lives outside of Minneapolis with her husband, Bill, and five young children. Nancy's been active in Catholic online ministry for five years and has hosted a daily podcast for Catholic kids called Catholic Sprouts for over two years. This fall, Nancy and her husband won the OSV Catholic Innovators Challenge with their new program, The Domestic Church Project, a six-week experience for the whole family that enables them to build and live in their own domestic church. Find out more at domesticchurchproject.com and tune into the daily podcast by visiting catholicsprouts.com. Welcome, Nancy. I'm excited that you're here. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I'm a longtime listener, so this is fun. This is fun. Yes, I'm always glad to connect with listeners, but also listeners who are podcasters. Let's get started (laughs) there. How did you begin Catholic Sprouts? What was the idea behind it. Yeah. So like you said, we are Catholic parents. We have five kids from third grade down to one. Mm-hmm. And I always think it's so interesting, the difference between the way that you think you'll be as a Catholic parent and then the way that you actually are. Uh-huh. You know, all my older sisters had kids way before I did. And so I would watch them and I would like be making notes about how I was going to do it better, you know? <laughs> of course. And then you get into parenting and you realize all the complications and how you don't have control in most situations. And I had really thought that when I was a parent, I would just naturally weave catechesis into our day. And then life happened. And (laughs) I realized that, like at one point I realized we weren't doing much. And when we did do it, I would be so stressed out because it was a complicated craft or because the baby was screaming that I... I didn't feel very present or very like a good mom, even while I was doing it. So anyway, so around this time, my husband found a podcast for the kids to use while brushing their teeth called Chompers. Okay. And it was a two minute podcast, just like with little factoids for them to listen to while they're brushing their teeth. And while I was using this podcast with my kids, it occurred to me that this is such a genius idea because it fits right into that little pocket of your day that you're always going to have. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be amazing if Chompers was Catholic and my kids could get some catechesis during this point each day? Of course, that didn't exist. So that's why I made Catholic Sprouts. And I honestly made it for my own kids because they listen to my recorded voice better than my real voice. (laughs) And we listen to it dedicatedly every morning over breakfast. And then we just kind of ask what they heard. And we say, good job. We did some catechesis. So um, even if only my kids listened to it, I still would think it was a valuable use of time. Yeah. (laughs) But um, it's really grown. And I think we're like like 7,000 people listen every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's how long is it? 
So Rob, I try to keep the episodes to five minutes every day. That's very doable. And I feel like if I go over five minutes, I see in my own family that it's too long. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, people could do that at breakfast. They could you know, do it on the ride to school or yeah. whatever you're already doing. I think that's a really... Really cool idea. I'm so excited that you do that. Yeah, it's really fun for me. And so this fall, we're doing Christology. So we're doing a deep dive into all things Jesus Christ, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. going through his whole life. So it's really fun just to kind of have these ongoing topics. I learn first, figure out a story-based way to teach it, and we Mm -hmm. just go. It's really fun. I love that. So what ages would you say it's good for? Um, So I... We listen to it with everyone. Even my husband says he gets something from it. Yeah. Um, but I would say kids, maybe kindergarten and up will really actually get something out of it. And okay. so, yeah, yeah, that's what we think. That's really great. So people mm-hmm. can check that out at catholicsprouts.com. Yep. But you've got a new project, which is separate from the podcast that I'm super excited to talk with people about because this is such a needed ministry right now, talking about the domestic church. Like, what is that? How do we do it? So the same way you kind of handhold through the Catholic Sprouts podcast, I think you're you're applying some of those same skills to Catholic family life and what that should or what it can look like inside of this new project that you're you're coming out with, domesticchurchproject.com. Yeah. Tell people just the basics, the background of how you came to work on this together with your husband. Sure. So, I mean, I think we've all had a crazy year, right? Mm -hmm. 2020 is supposed to be the year of the domestic church. That's what we keep being told. But I think we don't really know what that means, right? Mm -hmm. And it means a whole lot more than just streaming mass in our living room. It means Mm -hmm. a lot more than that. But it's sort of the this older term. We don't know what it means. And so our mission is really to help parents figure out what that means Mm -hmm. and also figure out what that means specifically for them. You know, because we're all called to a unique family, to build a unique and unrepeatable domestic church with our family. And one thing that we realized through doing the Catholic Sprouts podcast for the last two and a half years is that We started out thinking we were a ministry for kids, but we realized that we're a ministry for parents because we kept hearing from parents like, I'm learning so much. I'm finally understanding. I feel like I'm finally able to under, to explain these things to my kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you read like JP2's writing on the family, it's clear that each parent is called to be the primary educator of their children. And, I have no desire to be the primary educator of any other children than my own. (laughs) That feels like enough. Um, And so I really have a deep passion to empower, well, not really empower, I don't have the power to give, but to support parents as they embrace this role of becoming their own leaders of their domestic church. And the reality is, I think we all know this, that we're dealing with at least two generations of parents that had no or poor or poorly received formation, you know? So telling parents, you're the primary educator, go build a domestic church without any training Mm -hmm. is crazy. I mean, it's crazy, right? That's why people are panicked, right? Because you feel this responsibility and the church is telling you you have this responsibility and build this domestic church and people don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And and it's, it's true that 
there, there's no training, it's not working. I mean, I think the statistics show that half of the children in the millennial generation that grew up Catholic have left the church. So especially if we're saying parents, you're the primary educator, parents, you're the first heralds of the faith, parents don't know what they're doing. And also, you know, I, I don't, my parents are Catholic, Mm -hmm. but I can't really say that I grew up in a domestic church. You know, we didn't necessarily speak about the faith in my home. My parents Mm -hmm. sent us to a Catholic school and they felt their responsibility was met and that was it. Yeah. And, you know, praise be to God, the Holy Spirit works in beautiful ways. But um, I just think we really need to invest in parents right now. The future of the church is sitting around their dinner tables. And mm-hmm. and if it, they're not hearing about the faith from their parents, yeah, there's a chance they're still say Catholic, but it's so much better if they're hearing about it in the home. So that's really our mission. Um, The Domestic Church Project is broken into three parts. And the first part is a demo section where you really address like clearing out space in your home, clearing out time in your schedule, figuring out how to address those wounds in your family, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And it ends with the sacrament of reconciliation as a family. And then the middle section is about really building that domestic church, talking about the key virtues that are so necessary that we forget about, you know, things like service within the home, obedience between the members of the family, generosity, shared worship, all those things. Mm -hmm. And it ends in a holy hour with the whole family. And then the last section is about figuring out your unique mission as a family, because We not only have been given a vocation individually, but we have a shared mission as a family, each Mm -hmm. family. Um, Like my individual family feels really called to hospitality, which is difficult in a pandemic, but still, (laughs) um, but really hospitality of other families. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we really talked about that with our kids. What are we called to? How do we do that? And so that final section is really about figuring out your mission, embracing it together, dedicating yourselves to getting to heaven together, every member of the family. And then it ends in a renewal of baptismal vows. So it's really supposed to be this intense. Well, it's not really intense because we try to keep it to 10 minutes a night because we know people are busy. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, the structure. So like, what is the commitment? If you're like, we're going to do this in six weeks, what are you committing to? 10 minutes. Yeah. So we're huge believers in audio. You know, I feel like listening leads to a conversation a lot more than watching. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about listen to something but then discuss it. And I think the most valuable piece is the discussion between family members, the sharing. So it's listen, discuss, and then do. And usually the action is very simple, like a family hug or, you know, a very short prayer, like Jesus, I trust in you, you know, something very short. Mm -hmm. Of course, the family adoration hour is a little bit longer, but we tried to keep it to about 10 minutes a night and just five days a week because, again, weekends are crazy. So I get it. We have a busy family, too, but we just really wanted to create that starting point. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of parishes are moving to at home formation or, um, you know, they're sending formation materials home. Right. And You know, it's so discouraging as a parent when I get, you know, for our five kids, when I get five different 
packets to work yeah. through with them and is disconnected and it doesn't mean anything because we're doing a crossword puzzle or coloring a sheet, but it doesn't connect mm-hmm. and it doesn't have anything to do with each other, the relationship between siblings. So we really wanted to create something for the whole family that's a starting point. And then whatever the parish sends home afterward, like people know how to talk about it. They have right. the the vocabulary. They know like that they have a time they come together every day for prayer, a space for that, a dedication to it. So because, you know, like you said, we got to give parents a starting point. We mm-hmm. can't just say, go do it when they don't, they never experienced it themselves. Right. Yeah. I think that's so vitally important. Mm-hmm. And so it, what would you say, is this geared for like families with grade school kids? Cause I'm, I'm picturing my own teenagers yeah. and <laughs> wondering about what kind of eye rolls I get. Yeah. But um, is do you think it's for a span of ages? So what we have right now, I would say, is best for elementary, mm-hmm. at least families with elementary age kids. So we had 100 yeah. families from our community test it, and they were all over the place. Some families did have teenagers, mm-hmm. and they said, actually, the resistance was strong at the beginning, but they really got into it okay. because we did work hard. We have questions to help guide conversations. We worked hard to come up with some really like older kid questions, okay. you know, Great. that challenge them to really think about the world they live in and share the faith that they are starting to own. Mm-hmm. So we're really striving to create something for the whole family, everyone. I think it would be a little hard if your kids are all super little because mm-hmm. sitting, listening and talking might right. be a little bit hard. Um, so at least at least the older ones are in elementary school. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I really feel that spe- like a lot of teenagers are looking for an opportunity to talk about things. Sure. And just creating that like dedicated time every day to listen and talk might be most valuable for them. Of course, they're going to probably give you the most eye rolls and throw the most fits (laughs) at the beginning, but. Right, right. So it can work for a span of ages. Yeah. And um, you have had some teens that go through it. So are you marketing this directly to families? Are you, are you going through parishes? Like if someone's interested, should they just click over to your website and, and check it out for themselves or should they bring it to their pastor? Either, both. Yeah, we're excited. So like you said, praise be to God, we won the Catholic Innovation Challenge this summer that OSB put on. I know, it's crazy. There is so much cool Catholic innovation going on right now. So awesome. And if you have a Catholic idea that's innovative in some way, they're going to do it again. And they give a $100,000 grant. So it's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. So praise be to God, we won. So we um, are actually putting together an app that's going to make this experience so much easier to get into and for a community to just come right alongside and support. So within that, you can just join as an individual family starting in January. It's not quite ready yet. So starting in January, you can join as an individual family. We'll get you into a small group. We'll guide you through it. We also have all sorts of other things. We're working on a really cool series of saint stories, Lenten devotionals, all sorts of fun things. Um, So all audio based with a discussion to follow kind of in the same format. Mm -hmm. But if you have a parish or a school group, we have a couple of parishes and schools lined up for the beginning of the year and then for Lent. And so we'll create a little private place for you in there to connect with your community because 
the last thing I want to do is pull people away from the in-person communities that they have. Those are yeah. so important. It really is, but it's such a it's such a tricky balance, right? Because like you said, people are, you know, they're they're part of a religious ed program, but they're just getting packets and like do this at home yeah. without much guidance. But then we don't want to lose sight of those in-person connections as yeah. they are vitally important. Yeah. And so a lot of parishes are using this as a kickoff for like a continuing at home faith formation program, which I am, you know, you can do at home formation poorly, but it can be so beautiful. And if you think about the history of our church, faith has always been taught in the home. You know, it was kind of a recent experiment in the last hundred years where they outsourced it to the parishes, where parishes mm-hmm. were telling parents, like, don't worry about it. We'll teach your kids. Uh-huh. And I think we can all see that it was a bit of a failed experiment. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work so great. No, it, hadn't, it doesn't continue to work well. So, you know, it's been a rough year, but God uses all things for his glory. And if we can get formation back into the home in a way that is whole family, parent-led, then I think we'll have a really beautiful fruit of all this time. So, that's, yeah, that's very I, that's very hopeful because I, you know, and people need a tool like yeah. this because I know you can think like, and I've done this before, like, oh yeah, we we do talk about the faith in our yeah. home, and yeah. like, and but do you? Like, if you don't have a dedicated time for it, if you're not intentional about it, are you going to do that? And so I think it's a really important challenge to parents. Anybody listening right now that feels like, oh, you know, we don't need that. We have a domestic church. But do you? Like, (laughs) this is a nice resource for that. It sounds very doable. What's so empowering. So the OSV challenge really forced us to make sure that what we were promoting was research-based mm-hmm. like they're I, I love them because they're all about like ministry is not about just changing one heart it's about coming up with something that actually works mm-hmm. and so they're like show us the research show us how this works and there's some research coming out of Notre Dame that's so interesting they've been studying for years the transmission of the faith mm-hmm. how does faith get transferred from one generation to another and so they studied all these families And what's so fascinating is that above anything else, like socioeconomic, even the theological degrees of the parents, everything, the number one indicator if if children were going to remain Catholic was whether there was authentic faith conversations in the home. Mm. That was number one. That's very challenging to everybody. I know. And they said, they said, if there was regular authentic faith conversations, 82% of those kids remain Catholic. Wow. Which is crazy compared That's to what we want, numbers. Right? I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. So this is what I hear from parents all the time. They want the magic formula. Yeah. They want to know which boxes do I check to get my guaranteed outcome of kids who stay Catholic. And well, you just heard it, people. Like talk 82%. about the faith. <laughs> talk about and it. Even if even if you're talking about it, you know, someone comes and says, you know, mom, why does the church hate gay people? Right. Of course, this isn't true. Right. I say they say that as opposed which kids will ask. Sure. And as opposed to saying like, that's not true. Don't even say that. We're not talking about that, which is kind of our gut response. Mm-hmm. Actually engaging in it, attempting to explain if you don't know the answer pull up a video from Bishop Barron or something, you know, Right. go to your parish priest and have him explain it. 
because all the both of those things we feel like we're going to appear weak or silly in front of our kids like we don't mm-hmm. know the answer but that's not the case we're showing them that we are invested in finding an answer as well mm-hmm. that their question is worth asking and we keep the conversation going you right. know so i just feel i feel that in myself i feel intimidated you know they ask me a question i don't know the answer i'm just going to brush them off like I just think it's so valuable to learn together. Yes. And to let the conversation be the learning, not the lecturing, but the learning together. Mm-hmm. I because think that's it, huge. That's really yeah. valuable. And that's been my own experience. I was I was raised a cradle Catholic. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my experience growing up and my parents' successful transmission of the faith and all yeah. of us kids, one nine of us, um, that that's what I that's what I focus on are the conversations we had, yeah. the fact that my dad especially welcomed questions, welcomed, you can ask anything. And what a gift that was for me growing up to know I can ask anything I want. Not only that, I can bring home any of my friends and they can ask (laughs) anything they want. Like our church is not afraid of questions. Yes, exactly. And that's so rare. Mm -hmm. It's so rare. You know, I feel most parents are really afraid of questions, Mm -hmm. you know, especially because they feel so vulnerable in their own knowledge of the church. Yeah. So, well, and you don't, like you said, you don't have to have all those answers because yeah. what a beautiful gift to model for your child. Hey, you know what? That's an important question. And I, I don't, I'm not sure what the church says about that. Yeah. And then get yourself some resources. So, yeah. you know, go to Catholic Answers, look up a Father Mike video. I've yeah. done this multiple times with my teenagers when, you know, he just has the right way to talk oh. to young people. He's, he's so fantastic. He's so, he's incredible. Yeah. I feel, I'll watch like a five minute video from him and I'm just ready to take on the world. He's right. so awesome. No, I know. Yeah. So recently we, well, okay, it's probably been a year now. One of our kids was asking about, you know, why shouldn't I date a non-Catholic? Like why, mm. you know, it sounds mean, right? Like, oh, yeah. we're going to exclude those people. And, you yeah. know, and I was kind of struggling, but my husband ended up finding a Father Mike uh, video. And in fact, I'll put it in the show notes in case anybody's in need of that because he handles it so well. Oh, so, you know, you mentioned Bishop Barron. I mean, find somebody who is, it's, you know, speaking in these clips on YouTube, the way that yeah. our kids like to learn. And there's so many great resources out there. So um, yeah. that's that's really encouraging to know you don't have to have everything figured out to be able to have these conversations with your kids. Exactly. And I always tell parents, like, it's so important. If you're going to go to a YouTube video to let them answer, then watch it with them. You know, Mm -hmm. don't just turn it on and walk away. Right. And also really realize that the most important piece of that is what you say afterward. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, okay, they've downloaded this information and I'm done. It's about you, you know, not necessarily even repeating it, but sharing what you found to be really interesting, asking them what they heard. Like mm-hmm. just that question, what did you hear is like so important. And mm-hmm. I think we skip that point. You know, we feel like check, address that <laughs> moral issue. We're going to go make dinner now. So just three minutes afterwards talking about what you heard is mm-hmm. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm. I'm hearing you describing these conversations and I'm wondering about someone who might be in a position where they feel like 
I don't know how to do thing number one to make sure I'm connecting with my kids, right? So maybe they're like middle school age and mm. that's where you start to feel that kind of shift or they, they might be pulling away or more toward their peer group rather than their family as home base and where they find their values. Do you have recommendations for parents on ways to, outside of these faith conversations, really be kind of part of their kid's world and inviting their kids into theirs? Oh, it's junior high is hard. Right? <laughs> no one likes junior high. You know what I found, um, our kids are getting there, mm-hmm. uh, is that establishing a routine is just helps in so many ways where you know that like, I'm going to, even in a bigger family, sending mm-hmm. aside like 15 minutes of specific time with each kid once a week. I mean, I know it's like, oh, I should do that every day. No, 15 minutes a week is good. But I just think like writing that time in your calendar and saying these 15 minutes are for this child Mm -hmm. and we're not going to talk about homework and we're not going to talk about, you know, the chores that they haven't been doing. We're going to play cards or whatever it is or Mm -hmm. play a video game or whatever. Um, I just think sometimes we forget that in all the busyness, even in these long months that we've been spending at home, just putting that in the calendar, you know, that time Mm -hmm. together. And, and I found that when you're just having that time together, those questions come up, you know, right? that's kind of a a space for them to come up. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we're so busy. We don't ask them or don't hear them. So I just think, I mean, it's so simple. We always feel like there's got to be these really complicated answers, but just making sure you have time for each child each week. Yeah, I think that's that's really valuable. And knowing that it doesn't have to be like a fancy, like yeah. we're going out and doing a thing. Because yeah. I know for me, that becomes the obstacle. Like, oh, my dedicated time with this kid, it needs to, it needs to look a certain way. Or it has yeah. to be a set amount of time or whatever. But it doesn't, it can be simple like that. Like, you yeah. know, I'll sometimes just ask one of my kids, like, you know, want to come to the store with me? You yeah. know, and it's like, <laughs> you're doing that anyway. <laughs> I know. But man, coming from a big family myself, I remember those times my mom took me shopping with her and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> I know. It's like, it doesn't have to be a fancy thing uh, for, yeah. for those opportunities to happen. And I, I find that in the car time is extremely valuable for this sort of thing. So anywhere you're going, like if you're just with the one kid, that's like private private time where you know you don't have eye contact yeah <laughs> you can yes. you could dive into some of those some of those issues or just just be present and yeah. that for me I think has been what I've learned the most is that it doesn't have like I used to think I have to ask the right questions to get them to open up or tell me what's going on in there and it isn't really that it's really about being present and yeah. um it will it, it happens oftentimes quite naturally from that Yeah. Yeah. And just making sure that they know you're listening. Mm -hmm. So so it's not easy. Catholic parenting is, (laughs) you know, it's a crazy world we live in. And there's so many other influences. And, you know, it's, it's hard to transmit the faith. It's hard. It's hard to get past our own wounds and our own issues. It's Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's no greater calling that we have. So... Yeah, I think that's important to remind parents because, you know, you hesitated to use the word empower, but I think that's what we need is to be told, like, this is your job and God made you for it. Like, he put you in this role. This -hmm. is something I need to remind myself and I'm always reminding other mamas of, like, you're the perfect mom for your kids. Yeah. Like, we we hesitate to embrace that, but it's 100% true that God made you as a unique gift 
to each of your kids. He chose you to be their mom, like yeah. specifically. He didn't. That's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. So you are uniquely equipped to be that mom to that kid in that moment. And we need to remind each other of that. We need to yeah. remember the, the the power that we have as moms. Absolutely. And also, you know, I'm a huge St. Therese fan. Mm-hmm. And I always think about, you know, her story of realizing that she on her own wasn't enough. Like mm-hmm. she couldn't love the annoying nun with what <laughs> she was. She wasn't given enough love and mercy. And unless we are going to God continually to be filled up with more of his love and mercy, we we really won't be able to meet the needs right. of our children. My you children can't do need, it yourself. No. My children need way more than I can give them. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. And and again, you know, don't overwhelm. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't beat yourself up if you don't have a prayer life right now. Like, let all that stuff go. But really, lean into God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and allow yeah. Him to be there with you. So such valuable basic advice. A great place from which to start. Um, before we have to wrap up here, Nancy, I do want to ask you when we're talking about you know some of the ways that we feel ill-equipped, uh, yeah. some of the ways that we don't feel quite up to this. Um, what might you say to people who maybe are, they're you know maybe they're single moms, maybe you know their domestic church doesn't look like all the ways that they think it should. You know, maybe there's woundedness inside of their relationship mm-hmm. with their kids. Whatever it is that people are dealing with, we know there are so many difficult situations out there. And um, so what might you say to somebody like that that feels like, oh, that's one of those happy, shiny Catholic family life products yeah. that maybe doesn't apply to me? Well, I want you to know that there is that we have we deliberately have a team member that's a divorced mom mm-hmm. because there are no programs for divorced parents or parents married to non-Catholics. And that's unacceptable. That is a shame. That is ridiculous. It's completely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And so we worked really hard to create something that every Catholic home can use. Mm -hmm. And when we tested it, we went out and found tons of parents that were married to non-Catholics. We had a couple of single mothers, even mothers going through divorces, going through it. Mm -hmm. Because every child deserves to grow up in a domestic church, not just... You know, and yeah, we we believe that a lot of the graces for our family flow out of the sacrament of marriage, but we also believe the sacrament of baptism is so powerful, and we believe that God desires every family to be a domestic church. Like, mm-hmm. there's no exception there. So, it really is my desire to support um, single mothers mm-hmm. in particular because, and, and it's it to me, it's just unacceptable that 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 they're not really seen as part of the Catholic family world because mm-hmm. they are. Of course. And so anyway, um, if you are a single parent, if you're married to a non-Catholic, I want you to know that you are in my heart very much and that we created this program to include you. So, yeah. um, and we're, we're really dedicated to having specific support for parents that are leading this, like leading the domestic church project alone, because that's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a spouse with you, then it is, it's different. You can kind of divide and conquer and really lean into your, you know, your own skills and, um, but it is different. And so we really took that into account when people are doing it alone. So just know you were, you were part of this. Right. You weren't forgotten. So yeah. you are included 
for all different kinds of families, all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences. Absolutely have a domestic church and have a place inside of this project. I think that's so beautiful, Nancy. So Nancy, people can go to domesticchurchproject.com to get all the information they need. Yep. Yep. And um, if you're dying to get started in your domestic church, you're going to have to wait till January. But we are going to (laughs) really, really work hard to inspire people to invest in their family in 2021 Come with us, get things kicked off, really learn how to be the primary educator of your children's faith, even if you're still learning the faith yourself. Right. So we we are super passionate about supporting parents. So if you have any questions, I'm also an email junkie. I love email too much. Okay. You can email me directly at nancy at catholicsprouts.com. Happy to so, talk to anybody. Nancy at catholicsprouts.com. Again, catholicsprouts.com is where you can get that daily podcast for kids. Mm-hmm. Domesticchurchproject.com is where you can get all the information about the Domestic Church Project, which is a six-week experience for your family as you build your domestic church for families of all sizes, all different backgrounds all different ages and stages. So check that out at domesticchurchproject.com. Nancy, I want to thank you for the work that you do, for the work you and your husband are putting into your own domestic church, but then all the ways that you're looking to encourage and support others inside of that same project. Well, it's a total joy. And I think, as you know, with any apostolate, uh, it's your own life that is worked on first. So uh, yeah, we're definitely a work in progress over here, but so grateful for the the presence of the Holy Spirit and his continued work. So yes, we need him (laughs) every day. Oh gosh. Well, so wonderful to chat with you. Thanks for coming on Girlfriends to share about this. It was a joy. Thank you. And don't you go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, but coming up right after that, we're going to have some listener feedback for you. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Confirmation prep is so important because it could be the moment where candidates connect deeply to their Catholic faith, even at Jesus Christ himself. But the gap between how it is and how it could be is often wide, especially these days. And parishes and their catechists could use vision, training, and strategy. I'm Colin McIver, an author at Ascension and also youth minister at a parish. We created the Catechist Field Guide to Confirmation to help catechists ace confirmation prep, no matter their skill or experience teaching teens. The Field Guide gives catechists the insights and guidance they need to feel confident as they take on the mission of sharing the faith with their confirmation candidates. The Field Guide contains a crash course in confirmation and understanding of the five stages of effective confirmation prep, classroom management strategies and information about teaching the faith, a deep dive into the art of confirmation, and let's not forget a section on how to use technology to navigate these unprecedented times. Our hope here at Ascension is that this field guide will be an important tool in making confirmation prep more of what it could be, a kickstart to lifelong discipleship for your candidates. To order your copy today, go to ascensionpress.com. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback with you. And this week I heard from listener Stephanie. Stephanie says, Dear Danielle, thank you for the recent Catholic Mom Summit. The amazing weekend of listening to all the talks has made me realize that I need real community in my life. Since COVID, I've been even more isolated than ever, not going out much at all. I'm an at-home mom of three small kids, so I feel kind of trapped many days here at home. What do you recommend for how I might find connections with people near me, especially other Catholic moms? Stephanie. Okay, Stephanie, I think many people can relate 
to what you're sharing there, especially since COVID, people are more isolated than ever. We do need those communications and connections, especially with people who share our faith more than ever. So thanks for being part of the Catholic Mom Summit. That is, in fact, what it was all about, that kind of connection. I was thrilled to be able to be a part of that, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. But of course, these kinds of virtual events have their limitations. And you're so right that we need to be extending that into our real communities and build real communities in our real lives. We moms need that kind of support that we can only get from other women. So you're wise to recognize that, Stephanie. And I don't know where you live. I can't give you specific advice for where you can connect with people. But I will tell you, start with where you are and be prepared to go outside of your comfort zone. So that might mean you're an introvert and you're going to be the one who walks up to a woman you don't know after mass and introduces yourself. Yeah, make some people break out in hives just thinking about doing that. But it might mean you need to do something like that if you are attending mass in person right now at your parish. Um, it might mean calling your pastor and asking if you could begin a women's group, putting a little blurb in the bulletin and finding out if there's anybody out there that might like to connect for whatever you might have in mind, it doesn't have to be super organized. If you are if you just like an opportunity to have social interaction with other moms, then maybe ask if you could have a, a casual women's group that would meet once a week after mass or on a weeknight evening and just, you know, have some coffee, have some snacks and, and talk with each other. Just have it be that casual. Or maybe you want to start a book club. So I would encourage you to look at your own skill set with regard to these kinds of things. Like, do you enjoy things like, you know, reading books and having a book club conversation? Or might you more enjoy something that's hands-on, like a, a craft group or something like that? Um, start with where you are and what your, your skills are and what kinds of things you enjoy. And then I really want to encourage you to step outside your comfort zone because so often when we feel like we're isolated, we don't make it any easier for ourselves when we uh, kind of refuse to do that. Like, I know I've done this before. Sometimes we're very passive inside of our relationships with other people. We're like, oh, I don't have any community, but have you done something to work toward building community? Because we are the church. So we need to be ready and willing to do that. But of course, in ways that make sense for your state and life, I'm not telling you, you know, to do anything outside of the bounds of what you're focused on there at home with your three little kids. But what could you do? What could you manage? What would your husband support you doing? Um, what would your schedule support you doing? Maybe it's going to be something where you meet with other moms who also have little kids and the kids play and the moms just talk. Maybe you're going to start with something in your own neighborhood. But if you have no idea where to start and there doesn't seem to be much traction at your parish or in your neighborhood, then you can use things like the virtual connections that you've made, whether at the Catholic Moms Summit. We do have a big Facebook group there that's part of the Catholic Moms Summit community. And I've noticed people sharing in there sometimes like, hey, I live in this town, in this state, anybody live around here? And they get responses. There are a lot of people in there. So maybe you want to connect in there and kind of share that you know, you're looking to build in-person connections and see if anybody near you happens to be a part of that group or um, another Facebook group. You know, there are lots of different Catholic women's Facebook groups um, that are, are nice ways to be able to connect 
make that next step toward real in-person connection with other people. Blessed is she has regional groups as well. So you could look into becoming a member of one of those groups and just see if there's anybody near you. And of course, we have the Girlfriends podcast Facebook group, which is a private group. If you haven't heard of that, please connect with us there. We would love for you to become a part of it, whether you manage to meet with other moms from your community or not in that way. We'd love for you to be a part of that conversation. For that, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcast. If you can't remember all of that, go to the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast. Any of the show notes for the podcast will always have that link to the Facebook group in there. You do need to request to join in. It it is a private group, so you kind of have to do that that step, that process of requesting and then getting added. And I've seen moms in there connect with other women who are inside of their community. So that's another way that you might make that transition into a real life connection. So First and foremost, really, though, start with your parish. That's where you're supposed to be. That's where you're supposed to be building community. That's where God put you. So see if you can make something happen there. But also don't don't give up and um, use some of those virtual connections and try to um, turn them into some real life connections as well. Stephanie, I'm going to be praying for you to make the connections that you need. God doesn't want you to be alone in it. And sometimes that's the most frustrating thing. That's what makes motherhood the hardest is feeling like you're all alone in it and not feeling connected with others. There's so much to be gained by connecting with other women and um, especially about your Catholic faith and being lifted up and encouraged inside of your vocation to motherhood in that way. So I'm going to pray for you to find those connections that you need. And I'll be praying for every mom who needs those kinds of connections, especially during this time when it's especially difficult, when we have extra obstacles on the path, on our way toward finding true connection with other people inside of our communities. If you have a question you'd like me to take up here on the podcast, you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. If you have some topics that you'd like me to take on or as feedback about this topic that we've talked about here today, about building your domestic church or uh, faith formation in the home or real life ways to build community, I would love to hear from you. So email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And speaking of those virtual connections, are you a part of the Advent Retreat coming up? It's starting very soon after Thanksgiving, and I want you to be a part of it. It's called Embrace Joy, and it's an extension of the community that we built through the Catholic Mom Summit Everyone is invited to join us. I will have the link with all the information you need in the show notes to the Girlfriends podcast. Those are always available at ascensionpress.com. But those of you who were part of the Catholic Mom Summit and upgraded to the All Access Pass, you're already in. You don't need to do anything. But if that's not you and you'd still like information about joining us for Embrace Joy, a 21-day Advent retreat that we can do together, building community and walking together, preparing on our way toward Christmas as a community of women who are rooted in our Catholic faith and looking to encourage and support each other inside of our vocation to motherhood, I would love for you to be a part of it. So I will have the link in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. You can get all the information there. If you can't remember to go to all these links, if you can't remember all of that, then get yourself subscribed to the show notes to Girlfriends so that the show notes will always get sent to your inbox every week. And you'll always have all those links, all those resources right there at your fingertips. You can do that easily. You can just text the word girlfriends to 33777. 
Once you do that, you get subscribed automatically and you'll always get the show notes in your inbox. It's that easy. Unfortunately, though, that only works for people inside the U.S. If that's not you and you want to be subscribed to the show notes, please just send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com, and we will get you added to the list. All right. Happy to be connected with you in any way that we can. And that's all the time we have for this week. But I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being a valued member of the Girlfriends podcast community. The fact that you show up here is so very encouraging to me. I love connecting with you here. I love when you send me your feedback. But even more importantly, I just love that you're here. I love that you're present here. That truly is a gift to me. So thank you for that. Thank you for showing up. You are an important part of the Girlfriends community. I hope you will have a blessed Thanksgiving. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 